Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Portions of the Oilers Now podcast are brought to you by ProAmSports.ca. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America wide? Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X.ca on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. It's 12.35 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Oilers Now. Guests on the show receive gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. It's the greatest steak you've ever had. Follow the sizzle to Alberta's own Roos Chris Steakhouse, 9990 Jasper Avenue. Go down and see Rebecca and the staff at Roos Chris, where you can dine for $120 Wednesday nights, date night at Roos Chris. Just before we get to Craig Simpson, uh, I want to get to a text here. And you can text us on our Westlock Ford uh, text line. And it's out of Red Earth, Alberta, which is a fine place and has a lot of really smart people. Uh, this texter says, Bob, do you ever say anything new? Well, what do you want? Is he referring to the coaching situation for the orders? I don't know. I'm taking Bob Nicholson uh, at his word from a week ago Thursday saying, you know, they were going to take their time with this process. It's not like I have a pipeline to Peter Shirelli just call up and say, hey, Pete, what's, you know, what's going on? What's happening? Where are we at with this thing? You know, I've shared my thoughts. I believe that you have a general manager and a head coach that a year ago were considered amongst the league's best as the Oilers won 47 games. Team had a lot of things go wrong this year. Uh, the coach has acknowledged uh, his culpability in it. Uh, the team has to improve uh, the the manpower which the coach has to work with moving forward, and I don't know where they're at in the uh, uh, evaluation process at this stage. So I'm not going to lie to you. Makes oh, I know exactly what's happening. I'm telling you exactly. This is what's going. I don't know. Craig Simpson joins us from, uh, and one of the reasons why I don't know, may I add, is because less gets out before than ever before. So think about why that's the case. I think it might have to do with the personality of the president slash GM of hockey operations. That could be it. Craig Simpson joins us from NHL Hockey and Rogers. Craig, how are you? I'm okay, Bob. How are you? Good. But to be honest with you, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I, I imagine it's hard to say something uh, completely new every day when you do a show five days a week and there's not uh, and hockey it, going on. Well, so. that's that's part of it. Like, you know... Uh, I, I gotta. I think I gotta work the bonus structure the other way. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I get no, one. I, but I, you, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not gonna sit here and make stuff up if I if I haven't. You know, I believe that there should be some continuity. And uh, Bob Nicholson has said Peter Shirelli's his guy moving forward. You know, did the, the staff have a tough year? Yeah. So did the whole team. Yeah. Do I expect some changes? Yes. Do I expect the head coach? Do I personally expect? No, I don't. But do I know for sure? No, I don't. This is partially on the heels of what happened yesterday in Calgary, Craig. Yeah, but uh, I think that uh, you, you look at the two organizations, and your your point was well taken that 
you know, last year was a very different feel for the two people at the top. They were among the, uh, you know, reward, uh, award uh, nominees. Uh, but I, I just think that you look at this year and there has to be some change. We've talked about it every week. I, I think you will see some. Uh, but I think this is a, a one-year window that you say, you know, clearly you're not going to go through another year like what happened this year and people aren't going to lose their spot. Uh, you know, I, I wouldn't be shocked if, uh, if the year went sideways and you had a follow-up year that was equally as bad that I can't imagine a scenario where uh, one or even both wouldn't be gone. So right. I, I just think you're looking at a one-year, okay, uh, teams and organizations and players can have a uh, one-off and a bad year and unfortunately for this team it comes at just such a terrible time when you've got youth uh, you know Connor on his last year of his contract the momentum gained from the year before I understand all of the negatives around it but I think you just bought a one-year window where you got to prove that you can get back to being a you know close to 50 win team and and be a contender in the playoffs yeah, and here's the concern for a percentage of other fans out there. They think last year was the anomaly, not this year, Craig. Well, that's what you got to prove, and that's why I'm saying you're you're looking at. I can't imagine a scenario where you say, or the the mindset, uh, or even whatever Todd has left on his actual contract. Right. I think I guarantee you he knows that it's completely under the gun for you know, quick turnaround next year. So uh, I think that's what you have to prove as an organization, that the anomaly wasn't the one year where your goaltender was good and you had a hard trophy winner and an Art Ross winner, and that's just how things came together. I, I think, you know, you have to show that your your group and your team and your organization top to bottom is doing the things that make you a consistent uh, playoff-style team. And, and as we've said before, uh, I was reading, I think this last week, somebody's comments about the Oilers too, and just saying it's it's not about trying to get this team a better offensive team. It, it's much like we talked about last year. Yeah. It's, the teams that can play and compete in the playoffs are ones that are, that know how to play defensively, and it, that's got to be to me the number one priority going forward. Well, and case in point, the Oilers uh, a year ago gave up 212 goals against. That was eighth in the NHL. And uh, this year, um, it fell apart on them. 263 yep. goals against 25th. Now, scoring went up a bit, too, so that spiked that number. Craig Simpson from NHL Hockey on Rogers. Craig, I want to talk to you about officiating because uh, watching the Boston-Toronto series, I believe the whole balance of Game 3 changed on a blown call. And well, that not, was... just a, not just a blown call. I heard you before. Yeah, the off the glass. And, yeah, uh, yeah. You know, the, the one thing I will say about that is is those can happen. And uh, what I did like was the intensity and the awareness to say, this is our chance. Yeah, and, you know, you score, you win the draw, and seven seconds later you put it in the back of the net. That That's basically what uh, the Bruins did in games one and two. They had a ticky-tack one-handed hooking call on Van Riemsdyk. They got down to business. 24 seconds later, they scored, and it was one nothing. And then in game two, they got a too many men on the ice Toronto got, and they scored a minute half into that one. So you were one for one in your first two power plays of each game. And, you know, I think that was what was impressive for Toronto at least, and the importance of that first goal was huge for them. So the mistake was one thing, but to me, on that game in particular, Bob, it was a bit of a throwback to the 
you know, 80s, 90s, where you, you got a feeling as a player that the cross-checks were going to be okay, that the little yeah. bit of extra stuff was going to be okay. And quite frankly, I haven't seen a lot of those games uh, over the course of the last little while. But, you know, that was a Boston-Toronto game where you only had collectively two power plays, one each, which was the way that the game was being played is a bit of a surprise. Yeah, absolutely, especially, Craig, if you contrast that. Think of how the Edmonton-Anaheim series was played last yeah. year, right? I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. do you, and people say, Bob, quit going back to it. It was a factor in the series, the way the, the, the games were managed, because yep. they didn't call... The owners lost three one-goal games. If there had been... They lost two games in overtime. If there had been a call at a different time, there could have been a different outcome in the series. And the Oilers had a good power play last year. They were fifth in the league, but they didn't call those guys, specifically Getzlaff along with Kessler and Perry. And, Craig, they are hammering those guys this year in the series against San Jose. Against San Jose. Is that a byproduct of San Jose maybe having earned their stripes with the stripes, the officials? and Or is it is it also because maybe the Ducks have been more demonstrative with their frustration? Yeah, I think it, it can manifest itself within a series. And, you know, you, you don't get the same uh, two refs on back-to-back right. games, but everybody gets a heartbeat and a feel for the series. You get an um, uh, administrator from the refs who's the official for each, for the, that stays on the entire series. So he's able to talk to them, let each new guy know what's been going on. And then, let's face it, officials watch as well. I I think Anaheim, uh, you know, it's almost their their style of game and the way that they've done things over the years. Uh, I even saw, you know, game one, they were starting to lose and they tried to put it back into the ditch, so to speak. Yep. I think the officials after a while are just a little bit tired of that. And you might get a pair or you might get two out of three games uh, with officials that are saying, I've seen this movie too many times. I'm not going to let you get going. And uh, you know, that looks to me, it's partly the way that the Sharks are just a faster, better team right now. But yep. uh, I think part of it has to do, hey, officials are human too, Bob. I, I will say, you know, now that I'm a old, mature guy, I didn't do myself any favors with a lot of officials because I got into arguments with them a lot. And you get mad at them because they wouldn't call stuff. And then they start yelling at you. And, you know, if I was today's mind playing back then as an 18 to 20-year-old, you know, I'd know a little bit better that that didn't serve me well and that didn't help me. And it probably allowed a ton of bad cross-checks and things to not get called just because the the, the uh, officials were tired of listening to me. Well, I remember during the 06 playoff run, you guys played Anaheim. And I won't say at which establishment, but it was a downtown one. And after the game, I happened to be at an adjoining table. And the officials were talking about a younger player who may be from the Edmonton region, not naming any names. Uh, and he was quite demonstrative on the ice with his frustration. And then he talked. the, the official talked about Fernando Pisani, who w- would not say a word. And the guy yeah. said... I'm giving Pisani the call all day, and I ain't giving so-and-so crap. And I yep. used a different word than crap. And that's, you know what? You watched, I, I mean, I think Taylor Hall's a hell of a player, but at times he was a little emotional. And you watch yep. Connor, and even when Connor does get him, then then you, you know, the, the, the official at Connor kind of, when he pointed up to the scoreboard, one of the two officials that worked that game, Connor's not gotten a lot of calls again since. So, yeah, well, you know, there's... They're human, as they said, and they are uh, 
a union as well. So they talk to each other and they have opinions, they have emotions, and whether you, uh, you know, I think overall they do a good job of trying to separate those two. But let's face it, you're you're darn right that if you get those split second decisions, which all of those are, you know, yep. you're, you see something, you got to decide whether you get your arm up or not. And a lot of times those can factor in on your decisions that quickly. Has it affected Brad Marchand's reputation in the league, or does he deserve what he gets because he plays such a greasy oh, game? He, he, he deserves what he gets, but I, I think he reaps what he sows. You know, I, there's there's plenty of times where, uh, you know, he doesn't get a call that he a normal guy would just because he's almost asked for it or uh, initiated it. And, uh, I, you know, I, I think that overall he's always walked that line. You look at the different suspensions he's had it's cost him a lot of money but it's also cost him a lot of key games for his team which is always the balance even as a teammate that you look and say you know brad we you know we needed you for those four games that's a selfish dumb play and so i i think that uh earlier in this series he went to the net and it was actually zaitsev's stick that hit anderson but even just watching it as an analyst you can't help but think well it was marchand so you know, it's hard not to get the arm up as an official because you think that he was probably the one that initiated it when at the end it ended up not being him. But you you just assume that that's the way it's going to be. And a lot of times you'll get that call against you because of it. Is the Bergeron, Marchand, and Pasternak line the best line in the NHL? Well, if it's not the best, I'm trying to think quickly of which one would be because... Uh, uh, you know, that when they're at their best, they're just such a great puck control team. They they play with such pace and intensity. Uh, you know, I've always said the good teams have such good sticks, and those are two players, especially defensively, like Marchand, just a little subtle plays to get pucks back, and Bergeron the position, and Pasternak has grown into, you know, a really talented player with the range of beating you on the rush, beating you in tight. He's not afraid to go to those areas, and when you've got two guys that cycle the puck so well and interact and give and go, um, that line, when they're at their best, you know, they just rarely get scored on. That's why it was a big, big game three for Toronto to you know, force that line to be on the ice with a couple of goals against because when they're on top of it, man, can they ever click. All right. Uh, James, uh, one more here just on that line. Bergeron, who's more underrated? Bergeron or Marc-Andre Fleury? <laughs> wow. Uh, well, probably now at this stage, uh, Fleury as a goaltender because I think in the, in people's consciousness, he was sort of, you know, always a guy that everybody liked, but not necessarily thinking he would be a uh, dominant player at this stage. So I'd have to go with Flurry. But, uh, uh, you know, in terms of a guy that just goes under the radar and plays well every day, Bergeron is, is definitely fits that bill. We're joined right now from NHL Hockey and Rogers, Craig Simpson, Bob Stoffer with you on orders now. Uh, do you have an appreciation for James Van Riemsdyk, given how you played the game? Yeah, I think that he, at his best, uh, I think he understands the limitation of of his game uh, and also the strength of it. And I think that's really important. I I think uh, you and I have talked so many times about players understanding where the niche of their game and what they need to do to be effective and stay in the lineup and and really try to succeed. And uh, I think he's worked on that little, you know, the subtleties around the net. He's been working harder to skate at a higher level, which... 
I, I really can appreciate when you're not the fastest guy, you better be on top of it and, and stay there. So he'll have his little ups and downs, but I, I think overall he's a really effective player that's learned, you know, what does he need to do to find those areas to have success, and he's done it pretty well this year. It's incredible in terms of being a net front presence. I mean, he's he's top three in the league, right? I mean, him, Hornquist. Yeah, I would think so. Hornquist is a little different because he's a little more of an agitator and around yeah. there but uh no and he he's developed his hands I, I think his confidence in uh in patience around the net and you know holding the puck for an extra second and getting the goaltender to be leaning and put it in the right spot uh, those are little subtleties that once you you know you start thinking that way on the ice it, it can really have an effect on how you react in those you know, uh, bang-bang situations that you have to think so quickly and instinctively. Craig, this is an off-the-wall question. How many How many players, when you played, wore contacts? Oh, God. Uh, I don't really know, Bob. Um, I think Glenn Anderson did with us because he wore those goggles. Kenny Lindsman okay. uh, played with him. Uh, I don't really know. Now, as a guy who can't see worth heck, <laughs> I, I would say uh, you'd have to because I can't seem to get contact in, and any time I've had to play in a game like that, it's so odd because I can't you can't see. So uh, I would think there's probably more guys than you would think. Well, in order to be an elite-level deflector of pucks and picking up rebounds, I would think you'd have to have, number one, great eyesight. Yeah, absolutely. And you, you can't be, you know, the old guys, have, you have to have your eyes wide open and make sure you're focused in on everything. But, uh, yeah, that's a... Uh, something that I, I would say in today's world of some of the guys have had obviously laser surgery and things yep. like that to protect but uh, I could never play right now if I didn't have uh, find a way to have contacts because yeah blurriness is just it changes your whole view and how you feel both your balance your physical play when you're a little bit fuzzy or off and so uh, as you know, you got to get everything in sync for playing at a highest level. So that would be of utmost importance. All right. Uh, make the call here on a couple different fronts. Uh, we're going to start out east. Uh, so Leafs and, and Bruins, I mean, is Boston on another level when they turn it on, or can Toronto make this thing a series? I, I think Boston's a better team uh, right now. I, I think tomorrow's game, if, if Toronto can win tomorrow, I'll give them a chance in the series. But I... Uh, I just think that uh, Boston at their best has looked better than Toronto at their best right now. Now, Washington's outshot Columbus in all three games. <laughs> Is that a different series? Well, <laughs> yes, but you know how it can go. I mean, Washington, talk about the weight of expectation, the weight of the world. Oh, no, here we go again. Uh, somehow they found a way to get through that one last night and win. But you, you've got a goaltender in, at the other end that can get in your head. And so... Uh, there's another one that I, I just think it's been such a close series, and you look at Bobrovsky's got the ability to to shut a, a team down. So I, I don't think that's a given that Washington's coming back in that one yet. Craig, great stuff as always. We appreciate your time. All right, Bob. Take care. We'll talk to you next week. You bet. Lead analyst for NHL Hockey on Rogers. That is Craig Simpson. It's 12:53 in Edmonton. We'll take a timeout. This is Oilers now.
When you want to fly your Oilers colors with fan gear or outfit your fan cave, there's only one place. ProAmSports.ca Jerseys, apparel, headwear, and memorabilia from your favorite players and teams. Whether it's the NHL, the CFL, the NFL, MLB, or more, ProAm Sports are your fan cave specialists. And if it comes with a ProAm Sports Certificate of Authenticity and hologram, you know it's 100% authentic, hand-signed memorabilia. So no matter who you cheer for, ProAm Sports has got your guy. Visit their Edmonton showroom on St. Albert Trail. Fill your fan cave at ProAmSports.ca. That's ProAmSports.ca. This is Cam Talbot from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chet. Yes, eyesight is important. Welcome back, everybody. Some guests on the show receive gift certificates to Roos Chris. Follow Sizzle to Alberta's own Roos Chris, 9990 Jasper Avenue. They got all the Wayne Gretzky's there, the Okanagan Great Red, the Wayne Gretzky uh, Great White, Wayne Gretzky Spirits as well at Roos Chris. Delamoiters now sent you. If you're looking for a fun destination this year, take the kids to Disneyland. It's the happiest place on earth. I know that's how I'm going to feel in the middle of May when I go there. Fabulous fun, great food, warm weather. Book now with New West Travel. Your Disneyland California package includes nonstop airfare, four-star hotel for seven nights, five-day attractions pass for reservations to Disneyland. Call the travel experts at New West Travel, 780-432-7446 or book online at newwesttravel.com. Just think, Brennan, in 15 years from now, you'll be hosting this show and talking about taking your kids to Disneyland. Yeah, I'm surprised you keep going back there, Bob. I'm a glutton for punishment. <laughs> yeah, like there's other trips you can go on, you know. You know, like my wife, she's been a glutton for punishment for 18 years, <laughs> so it's, you know how that works. Uh, here we go. This uh, text comes to us from Calgary. Wow, Bob, your professionalism towards last season, Ducks defeating your beloved Oilers, is laughable. Get over it. Oilers made the playoffs one time in 11 years. They are who we thought they are, a bottom team overall in the last 11 years. Stop the crying about last year. I'm a Jet fan, a true Jet fan. Uh, Jets' top line is equal, if not better, than Bruins. Funny how your station, the Calgary station, refused to talk about much of the best Canadian team this season, Winnipeg. Rather, chat American teams. That's Canadian, isn't it? Not that text. So Jets fan from Calgary is upset with us. You know, it says a lot about Winnipeg when their greatest moment in their team history is Dave Ellett scoring a overtime uh, winner in Game 4 of a series that they ultimately lost. I actually have a tremendous amount of respect for the Jets. They had, at times in the mid-1980s, uh, I'd argue maybe 1985, 1987, I don't know, fifth, sixth best team in uh, the National Hockey League. The problem was at that time, Edmonton and Calgary were both better. But you enjoy it. Sort of like there used to be a commercial in town where they talked about how great the Jets... The Jets were great in the WHA. And the Oilers learned from the Jets. Uh, they've had a terrific year this year. They got bonused a call last night. Everybody who watched the game knows that was a joke that that wasn't a call. Except you, Jets fan. I think that's what's really upset them. Well, I picked the Jets out of the cup ball, but I agree with everything you said there. It was a a missed call. It was a blown call, right? And and frankly, after you saw the first two games, I'm amazed Minnesota even had a chance to get into this thing. Winnipeg's got a really good team, and to this point in the playoffs, they've been better than Nashville, more impressive than Nashville. Off to a global news weather traffic update. Hey, Jet fan from Calgary, we're going to talk the Flames coming up next, just so you know.